0: This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station.
1: And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain.
2: Well, good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Uh, of course, I am not Linda Swain. I'm Brian Callahan in for the lovely and talented Linda Swain, but not totally without her today. I'll uh, actually have a couple of great interviews from Linda who actually a bit of musical chairs here today. Uh, on Camaro, we've Linda filled in for Patty Daly this morning on open line, and um, so yeah, uh, she had a couple of great interviews there that deserve uh, are worthy of replaying in case you missed it. I'll get to that in a minute. Mazzie all day out there, scattered showers, pretty gray all around in city in St. John's anyway. Temps are all right though. Uh, that's today, of course, but we uh, we know that Hurricane Lee is lurking to the south, and dare I say, so far there doesn't seem to be any great urgency uh, or, or indications that we should start battening down the hatches uh, around these parts. But far be it for me to say. I'll leave the uh, I'll leave that to the weather experts at Environment Canada or the Hurricane Center. Um, people like Bob Robichaud, who we will hear from uh, coming up in just a bit. A little bit of an update there. That was just around lunchtime. Um, so, you know, these things can be out of date in a short period of time. But uh, he gives a good, pretty good synopsis of generally the area. Not a lot of mention of Newfoundland and Labrador. So that's uh, that's good, I guess, so far. Although it's uh, we're in the path, so we'll see where it goes. I usually, as well, try to fin- fit in, you know, a mention of the uh, blue jays. I mean, sorry, the blue jays. But, man, I really don't want to talk about it, I don't think. The inconsistency, if you're a fan or if you're even a casual watcher, uh, if you're just casual, you might only be interested this time of year as the run goes to the playoffs, the push. But I can't even mention playoffs right now. The inconsistency has been an issue all year, not to mention Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm just not even excited when he walks to the plate anymore. There was a time I was. Everybody was. There was like a buzz whether you you could feel it to the TV when he started to walk to the plate, but now it's just, boys, oh, boys. I don't know what you call it. Slump doesn't do it justice. Uh, Like, one for 12 in the series right now with the Texas Rangers, most important series of the season so far. And not just Vladdy, whole team, seasoned playoff pros. Like a guy like George Springer, his last strikeout last night looked like he had no interest in being at the plate whatsoever for the millions that he makes. So... Uh, said it before, say it again, it's a managerial problem. They call them managers in baseball for a reason, you know, and this team is simply being poorly managed on and off the field in my humble, humblest of opinions. But I digress. This is news talk and there's lots of it on the go. Um, we know there's currently a police operation in the La Marchand Road area, or sorry, Mary Meeting Road area of St. John's. Um, and uh, we don't have a lot of information on it yet. We've uh, been there. I believe Richard Duggan got some, tried to get some pictures from the area, but uh, again, police are being uh, kind of tight-lipped at about it about it at this point. But if you're in the Mary meeting Road area of St. John's, beware of that. Uh, also, lots of news from the courts today. You can read all about it online. Um, more charges today in the. Uh, Ongoing sexual violence investigation involving youth in the east end of st John's two men um, Tony Humby and Bruce Escott have been charged in that case and the charges just keep on coming as uh, as the police suspected um, because you know uh, it's not easy to come forward in any of these situations we all know that issue some people just have no interest whatsoever going to the criminal court process because they see other cases that go off the rails or have problems or are elongated and drawn out, and sometimes that can be harder even on the victim. So we understand that, but the police have certainly made, and the Crown, and the Justice Department have made an effort to um, to you know initiate these trauma-informed processes now that are designed to make it easier to come forward without really having to put your whole self out there and, uh, and try to see justice done. And that's sort of what seems to be happening in this case, and the police are encouraging anyone um, in this case, the allegations go back to 2004 now, uh, between now and then, or even up to 2021, but we don't know. It's constantly changing as, um, as people who allege victims who believe they were, who say they were, uh, you know, among the ones, um, victims of Mr. Humby and Mr. Escott continue to come forward. So more charges today, four more. Mr. Humby, Tony Humby now is facing 28 charges. He's due to go to trial in November on his uh, alleged, eff- on the offences alleged as they are until there's a verdict one way or the other. And um, uh, Bruce Escott is still in the preliminary stages of his process. He's uh, actually due for election and plea next month. So they're being tried separately and uh, trial already uh, laid down for Mr. Humby. And, of course, as we know, these uh, th- you know I cover the courts, as you probably know, for VOCM, and if uh, it's just a constant. The tips I get, the calls I get, uh, asking if we're going to be able to cover this, that, and the other case. And right now, the allegations of sexual assault on the docket are, are just, it's more than I've ever seen. So, um, you know... There's uh, not that anyone is any less important than the other, but uh, <clears throat> there's only so much capacity any news organization has to make sure you're there and not just there, but there to make sure you get the story. There's not you can't just duck in and out of courtrooms on this kind of stuff. You have to really get it accurate and you have to get what's important. And sometimes none of that comes out until the case gets to the uh near the end, or at least, um, you know, one way or another, whether it goes to trial or doesn't. So uh, lots of detail on ongoing court cases, not just sexual assaults, of course. There's a couple of murder accused in the docket today and on our website as well. So anyway, as mentioned, um, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the situation in Florida, of course, where sadly it's turned now to a to a rescue mission, or to a recovery mission from a rescue mission, unfortunately. Um, I have calls into the mayor there, and uh, Mayor uh, Travis, if you're listening, we're always open to talking. We know it's a difficult time, uh, probably a lot going on there that uh, make it difficult for you to find time. But if you do, we're here all ears. It's the same numbers for an Open Line, by the way, on News Talk. if you want to call and comment on anything that I've mentioned or brought up along the way. Um, Again, as of, uh, let's see, that was Tuesday afternoon that the ship went down and um, the Coast Guard, of course, they say the decision to call off any of these searches never taken lightly, but there's only so much time that can reasonably expected one could survive in those conditions. And it's now been uh, classified as a missing persons case by the RCMP. So our thoughts, of course, with everyone in fleur de um, yeah, I've been a journalist for a few decades in this province, and it always uh, brings back the memory of uh, the, the tragic uh, death of Samantha Walsh in Fleur de of course, and that was not easy either for those who remember the early 2000s. So um, again, thoughts with the fl- people of Fleur de Lis, and uh, uh, what can you say? Just um, stay strong and try to get through this time. It's never easy. We know as Newfoundlanders this can happen. Uh, vessels sink and we lose people, and it's never easy. So, um, those stories in the news today, because this is news talk, as I mentioned, you know, same stories, same uh, phone numbers for open line 709 273 5211 1866. 590 VOCM, 8626. So if you have any comment on any of those uh, stories that I mentioned there, uh, please by all mentioned. And as mentioned, Linda hosted Open Line this morning, Linda Swain, and there were a couple of calls that I believe deserved another encore airing this afternoon. And, you know, in the journalism biz, the general rule is you judge the importance of a story on how many people it affects, basically. That's the basics. And so the two interviews that were on this morning affect a lot of people, and we'll get right to them, beginning with um, Energy Minister Andrew Parsons responding to some of the um, uh, some uh, news stories and reports, and even the Premier of Quebec, Francois Legault, uh, pondering and, uh, and um, pontificating on Gull Island and the future there. So we'll hear uh, Linda's interview with uh, Energy Minister Andrew Parsons, who called into open line this morning, right after the break. This is News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain. We'll be right back. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Brian Callahan back with you on News Talk today and for Linda Swain. And um, let's go right to a uh, caller. Yes, we take calls on News Talk. Uh, we encourage them, as a matter of fact. And uh, Wilson, you're on line one.
3: Okay, sir. Thank you for taking my call.
2: You are very welcome. I understand you got a uh, a stolen... Well, it says here on my screen, an antique four-wheeler?
3: Yes, sir. The four-wheeler that I got in 2008, I bought her from an 85-year-old man, brand new. It's 3,000 kilometers on her. And I had her parked in my driveway, right up in my driveway. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, a lady nicked a couple of houses down Seen men go down on on her idling down a uh, roller coaster down the road because it's downhill there on uh, Penny's Hill. So you're
2: in Victoria, right? Just so listeners.
3: Yes, yes sir. Okay. I'm in Victoria, Carbon area. Yep. And uh, well, she got up uh, and used the washroom, and she looked through, through the window, here's uh, the the four wheeler going down the road with a man stood up on her, but no no motor running because it's downhill, and they never had the key because I had the key in the house and uh i am here i reported it all to the rcmp and done all all the due diligence i'm wondering what's the best way because i would would offer a reward
2: you can certainly you know i mean look we've we got your number here and uh and so if anyone has any information and we always say this of course the police say it too i mean this stands out right wilson i mean this isn't your you know a, a yamaha uh, four wheeler, bought oh,
3: this is a Honda, sir.
2: Yeah, so oh, sorry, I should say yes. And I, Honda was my first mini so I should have been more careful there. Sorry about that. Um, and what year did you say? She's two thousand and eight, sir. Two thousand eight four wheeler. Oh, okay. I had an antique. I had antique on my screen. It's not an antique.
3: No, no, she's not hardly old. enough
2: to be. <laughs> Okay,
3: but she's just uh, like new.
2: That's what—that was what I couldn't understand. Okay, sorry. So it's not a yeah. So it's a four-wheeler. Yep, yeah. a Honda four-wheeler. What color is she?
3: She's red, sir.
2: Okay, and you've reported it. Any word back from did they acknowledge that? Not a word.
3: That? Not a word, sir. That was stolen on the 19th of uh, August. Right. At 3:30 three thir- three in the morning, the lady told me that was the closest she could come to the time. And I am uh, the RCMP. I called them one time to check something, but they never, never, I never heard from an actor. Gotcha.
2: Well, I'd follow up with them, but by all means, uh, Victoria, BC, as we used to call it, behind Carbonier, Uh that's the other Victoria. At- as what I have so I was for some reason I just call it that growing up Victoria BC but not the one out west yes, and um, we got your number and if anybody has any information on that Victoria red uh, four wheeler stole them right out of your driveway by I tell you they're wicked what um, yes, uh right out from under your nose no video or anything around you any of your neighbors got uh... no
3: no sir no sir no, no no it's a
2: small community right so someone knows something so boys you know smarten up and give us well, a shout and uh,
3: if I could tell you. I, I got some money to put up towards it for a reward if somebody comes with the bike.
2: Do you have a? I don't know if it matters. Do you want to mention how much the reward is? Maybe that'll.
3: 500 sir.
2: There you go. So $500 for anyone who can come up with Wilson Hughes' four wheeler, red four wheeler uh, Honda, stolen on the 19th. And let's see, the 19th. So you mean the 19th of August? Yes, sir. Wow, so that's almost a month now going on that. All right. Well, Wilson, listen, let us know if you hear anything from the RCMP or anyone else. We'll follow up. We get a call. We'll call you.
3: I certainly will.
2: All right. Good luck with it.
3: Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
2: That is Wilson Hughes of Victoria. And speaking of that, um, earlier today, one of Linda's interviews was with uh, a woman whose car was broken into, like mine was this week, and um, you know what, I'm just going to run it, this is Tara Lee Gerhardt, she's a uh, TV and film producer living in the city here now, moved here from Ottawa a few years ago, and here's her experience.
4: Uh, I understand, you sent a note to our newsroom uh, uh, indicating that you were one of a number of people that recently had your car broken into, What happened? Um, Well, actually, I had just finished a business meeting and uh, popped into the Duke
5: of Dockworth, of course, for the best fish and chips in town. And within that 25 minutes, my car had been uh, broken into with my work bag stolen. Of course, that meant uh, my computer and my iPad and all the things that you should not leave in your car. Heads up, don't leave anything in your car. Um, but uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things. I know it's tangible, and I know that nobody got hurt. Let's say, but um, it's still it's still feel you feel violated, and definitely lost a lot of work that I've been doing. So, um, I'm
4: in the process of trying to track things down. Absolutely, a terrible fe- feeling of violation. Any luck in in tracking these things down? Yes. So, of course, uh,
5: with Apple products, you can uh, turn on your find my or your GPS tracker on them and set a note. A lot of people don't know you can put a note in there. So when somebody charged it, uh, they charged my iPad this morning, actually, um, and they got the note that said cash reward with my phone number. And so that person called me um, and I met them at the Tim Hortons um, and I paid one hundred and fifty dollars and got my iPad back.
4: What? You had to pay to get your iPad back? Yes, well, you know, Mrs. Um,
5: claims that uh, you know she was buying an iPad for her daughter and had no idea, kind of thing. Um, so, but she was out 150, so I paid 150 because obviously I want my iPad back. But um, you know, I also know that if somebody turns on my MacBook as well, if there is a reward, then they're more likely going to call because ultimately they just want the money most of the times, and it's the same case for this individual um, that they just want their next fix. Right? Wow. So they just got cash. So, but that's okay. Um, A bit of a super sleuth, so it's all over social media, um, and I have people trying to figure out where things are. So um, it's a process, but I I will get my things back.
4: (laughs) So uh, you know what kind of a I mean, obviously you're out a couple, you know, hundred or so dollars. But uh, what kind of an inconvenience was this to you? Obviously, you're a professional person. Those things mean something to you. It's not just the it's not just the, the machine itself. It's what's in there.
5: It's what's in there. And, of course, uh, I'm actually a local film producer here in town, um, and so I do a lot of Hallmark movies and uh, movies of the week and everything. So all of my work is on there, including the developments that we've been doing over the last uh, four months while the writer strike has been going on. So the So the amount of work that's on there and not yet shared with anybody, because, of course, I don't share until it's ready to go, Um, that's what's lost and so that's a it's not just an impact to me but it's an impact to my crew who then won't have work if I can't get this project up and off the ground because I don't have my data
4: right so you're here doing this work now Has this poisoned you in any way if you know what I'm saying well, I moved to St. John's in 2021 because I fell in love with St. John's
5: 20 years ago. It, it stole my heart, and I knew I wanted to live here. So I moved here right after the pandemic, when the Atlantic bubble burst. I was on that first ferry, and I moved here intentionally because I love it so much here. I think the people here are really great, but the, the epidemic of drugs is, uh, from the last 20 years of watching St. John's, it's, um, it's incredible, sort of the downslide that we're watching And so, um, it hasn't soured me, but since I've lived here since uh, August of 2021, my home has been broken into twice, my office has been broken into, and my car twice, and I've been mugged. So um all i can say is learn self-defense don't leave things in your car don't let it sour you because you know it's a mental health crisis and it's a drug crisis that's sort of stimulating these other problems of petty theft etc so until we focus on the, the the root cause of addiction and mental health and we're not going
4: to solve the issues of petty theft uh where did you come here from if you don't mind me asking Sure. I moved here actually from Ottawa, but I'm originally from British Columbia, but
5: mostly raised in northern Ontario, so I love the weather.
4: So, uh, yeah, all, you've been all over Canada, obviously. And, and uh, of <laughs> yeah, course, yeah. The, the the social uh, situation that we're facing here in Newfoundland and Labrador now is, is no different, I understand, than any other major centre in Canada.
5: No, absolutely. It's it's a uh, it's an epidemic right across. I would say North America, even. But I think here it's just so much more visible because it is a smaller community. Um, you get to know people quite well, even our people who are without home or that are going through these problems. Um, I know a lot of our uh, fellow community members by name, even if they are struggling or not. And I try to help where I can, even if it's a sandwich here and there. And I know just a little over a month ago, unfortunately, a young man named Ben passed away due to an overdose. And I knew him quite well and saw the days where he was sober and proud of himself. And so um, it just really, really breaks your heart when you're so close to your community and there's less population. So you see it more. It's more in your face. Yeah, it really Um, is. Yeah. Yeah. In Toronto, there's just so many people that you're not going to notice if one goes missing In Ottawa, same thing. You don't notice if one goes missing and the communities where people are addicted, they're more isolated as opposed to St. John's where it's more integrated. So you see it more. So that's why I think everybody thinks it's worse here than it is anywhere else, but that's not true. It's the same right across North America, but um, it just needs to be a real shift. I think in our social dichotomy to actually care for people more and, and know that people are hurting and try and get them help.
4: Well, Tara, uh, Tara Lee, I really appreciate your call this morning. Um, sorry that this has happened to you so many times, um, but I mean, you have a you know a remarkable outlook on all of this. Uh, I really appreciate your time this morning.
5: Well, thank you. And I just want to send a friendly reminder people with Apple products, make sure you have your Find My turned on and don't leave stuff in your car. That was my mistake. Don't leave stuff in your car.
4: Yeah, for sure. It's amazing, you know, the, the technology, what the technology is able to do. Uh, it's able well, to yeah. help you in all these ways, yeah. Yeah, and one more quick note, when I was speaking to the sheriff out of the courthouse yesterday, dumpster diving, trying to find my stuff, um,
5: I spoke to the sheriff and he said now that the people who are actually breaking into cars actually have uh, progr- fobs that can um, override your keyless entry on your doors, so um, so they're, very, uh, they're getting a little savvy now, so it, that includes your garage doors and home doors that have fob access, that there's override fobs out there, so just make sure we're using deadbolts, etc.,
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Really good advice there, uh, Tara Lee. On a different note, though, I'm going to take this advantage now. You say you're here working on these uh, Hallmark. um, What's made Newfoundland or St. John's in particular so attractive to Hallmark (laughs) And, and Romance? Well, it's gorgeous.
5: It's gorgeous here. It's one of the most beautiful places on Earth and definitely my favorite place to be. Um, I've worked in the film industry for 20 years, and so I'm very fortunate to um, have partnerships that allow me to bring uh, new business here. Uh, We actually produced nine movies last year, so um, we're hoping to do the same as soon as this strike is over again, but we're just really trying to help develop and grow the industry. There's already strong producers here that, you know, do Hudson and Rex and um, uh, Surreal Estate or son of a critch and uh, amazing, amazing people doing good work here. So I'm just hoping that I can, um, you know, not not necessarily follow in their footsteps because I'm a different genre, but also just mirror the good work that they're doing here and creating jobs and growing an industry that can support the city. Have you seen an increase in
4: work because of the strike?
3: Uh,
5: No, we've seen a decrease in work because of the strike, unfortunately, uh, with most for our company anyway, because we uh, most of our scripts are, are American based. And so that we're affected by the WGA strike there. But, I mean, Hudson and Rex and Son of a Cridge, very good Canadian strong-based films. They're, of course, going ahead. And, um, you know, the, the, the negotiations continue so that we can um, hopefully develop a little bit more stronger of a Canadian content market here when it
4: comes to Movies of the Week, et cetera. Lee Gerhard, uh, I really appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. No, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for bringing awareness to it. That's
5: all we can do is keep talking.
2: That is uh, all we can do. Keep it out there in the four and uh, keep an eye out for your stuff and everyone else's. Uh, Thanks, Linda Swain and Tara Lee Gerhardt for that uh, chat this morning on Open Line. Just a little bit past the bottom of the hour for our news. Um, Apologies for that to the newsroom. Uh, I'm Brian Callahan on News Talk for Linda. We'll be right back. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The cabin
0: party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM.
2: Brian Callahan back with you on News Talk on this Thursday evening. Almost even feels evening because it's getting just a little uh, dimmer and danker and darker out there. Um, As mentioned before the break, um, Linda's not on this show today, but she was on open line this morning in for Patty. And uh, so rather than have to put her through the torture of two shows in a day, which can be tedious and laborious, Um, Linda's busy as a bee there in the newsroom and I'm taking a show but I'm still using her interviews and this one um, I thought was certainly deserved to play again. Um, Energy Minister Andrew Parsons was on to Linda this morning and addressed several issues on the on the plate these days Uh, one of which of course um, uh, Quebec Premier Francois Legault pontificating on Gull Island uh, tweeting about it and uh, different, you know, per plans or perspectives or ideas that might come with that, and of course, that'll always get our ears up. Um, and of course, there's lots of. Uh, there was a report this week talking about a, a pipeline, natural gas pipeline through Labrador down through into Newfoundland, and uh, so again, um, uh, that was worth getting the energy minister on to have a chat with, and that's exactly, exactly what Linda did.
4: A few things on
0: the go. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, there's lots of uh, chatter going on, and hopefully, I can help to uh, clarify or in some cases, shut down some of the uh, <laughs> some of it because it's uh, very far from uh, what I would consider. Uh, reliable.
4: Absolutely. Well, let's start now with uh, Premier Francois Legault uh, getting everybody all hot and bothered with his uh, tweet um, a meeting with uh, Hydro-Quebec to speak with uh, them about um, various projects, including uh, the enhancement of the Churchill Falls project and the construction of Gull Island. What's happening there?
0: So what I can tell people is a couple things. I mean, just because the premier over there with a couple of his officials has a picture and puts it up there, I think maybe it generated uh, the reaction perhaps that he intended. But, I mean, over here, nothing has changed. Uh, We continue to talk to Hydro-Quebec. The premier continues to have uh, meetings with Premier Legault. Uh, In fact, we both have both provinces have teams working on this. But that's it. I mean, certainly there won't be any negotiation in public, uh, we're not going to be playing cards with Quebec with our cards showing. Uh, not going to do that. Uh, but the other thing, too, people need to recognize that issue, whether it's Gaul uh, tied in with uh, Upper Churchill 2041. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues in our province over the last 50 years, maybe longer than that. I can guarantee you that nothing is going to be done without it being public, without it being scrutinized and discussed. That is the reality. Why the Premier of Quebec decided to take a snap, I don't know. But it doesn't change how we're approaching it. We see ourselves in a very strong position. We see ourselves as knowing that we have a lot of opportunity. And at the end of the day, everybody wants the best deal for the province. And I guarantee you it ain't going to be done uh, you know, without people having a chance, but nor are we going to sit there and discuss the parameters on open line.
4: Well, I mean, so the, my next question, I guess, is moot. But, you know, is there anything we can say about, you know, uh, development of Gull Island or any of the plans moving forward? Because we've been what? talking about it for decades.
0: Absolutely. I mean, a couple of things I can say on Gull Island. I mean, I think we would be remiss if we didn't discuss the possibility. It's a huge asset. But same way as I've told companies who reached out to us. If you haven't had a conversation with indigenous leadership, uh, you need to take that angle first. Nothing is gonna happen in Labrador without partnerships, absolutely nothing. So to think that we're gonna be able to do something, I don't think for a second, Gall Island will be developed without indigenous partnership, consultation, leadership, you name it. But at the same time, you'd be remiss not to mention that you have this huge, huge, world-class asset that if done properly, if that that was the possibility, if it was done properly and everybody benefited, including Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, uh, indigenous governments in the country, well, you gotta have that conversation. But it ain't gonna happen just by any government of Newfoundland and Labrador. It's In Labrador, it's gonna require discussions with indigenous leaders. That's full stop, period.
4: So uh, what's this, just a little bit of politicking on his part? You know, a little bit of promotion on his behalf? Well, I mean, I, I don't know.
0: Like, I mean, I, I get a, you know, I, I get a call saying, oh, well, the, the leader of the opposition's on, and, and the member from Labrador and NDP is on. Like, the guy's got my phone number. Like, seriously, give me a shout. I mean, where are days gone where you couldn't have a conversation between elected members? Not that I have any problem coming on, but the reality is that it's not all it's cloak and dagger, all secretive and covert and, and nefarious as they want to make it out. That's politics. The reality is far different. The positive news that I think, the thing that I'm positive about is that we in Newfoundland and Labrador have huge resources that can benefit us and benefit the rest of Canada and beyond. We have to consider if and how they can be developed. And we have to recognize that it's not just us to do it. It, it. it has to benefit the province and the people and into the future. And there it is. I mean, that's how I sort of see things.
4: Well, it's a good segue into uh, the next uh, question, and that's related to something that David Brazel um, twigged onto with this article in The Independent suggesting that uh, some kind of discussion might be underway regarding hydrogen pipeline. Walk us through that. What's going on there?
0: So I think what they're talking about, and again, this is all brand new to me. I've literally never in my life, I can say this until this exact moment, uttered the words hydrogen pipeline it hasn't been a conversation here in newfoundland and labrador but i think what it stems from is when we have gone to uh, europe and when we go anywhere like our job is to sell newfoundland and labrador uh, people we're not as well known as people think we're in a global competition so we're trying to educate world leaders you know producers proponents anybody that well, here's what newfoundland and labrador is all about so we actually did like a and i can't say we it was done up by others um, there was like a little pamphlet down on saying who we are, what there is in Newfoundland and Labrador, basically talking about, you know, what our province looks like, what are the different things we have, what are the different energy sources we have. And one part of that was a little blurb saying there's the potential of a green energy transport option, which includes a pipeline. And it says that's a possibility. I think that came from a consultant. So all I can say to that is I've literally never had the conversation and nothing will be developed, no pipeline will ever go on the ground in Labrador without an indigenous government saying that they want to be a part of it again. Full stop, not even the conversation I've had, not even one I'm going to have. We haven't even been discussing hydrogen in Labrador at this point again because before we went to a crown land bid, we needed to have indigenous consultation, and in fact. What they forgot here, again, in the, in the, I guess in the attempt to try to make it out like there's you know, these high-level secret meetings going on, it actually says there on the thing, the government is committing to develop projects that consider the rights and perspectives of Indigenous governments and organizations, and it believes in early and meaningful engagement. So it says right there, so again, to talk about some secret pipeline that people are out building or talking, about, look, it's a bit beyond, it's about talking about what's possible, but there's a big difference between something that is possible and something that is feasible and something that is even being considered at this time.
4: Uh, so uh, tomorrow we have this rally uh, from the clock tower at Memorial University to Confederation Building, um, um, put together by Fridays for Future. And uh, they are calling on the uh, cancellation of the Bay de Nord project. Uh, what's, uh, what's your message, I suppose, in in regards to some of the concerns surrounding oil development here in Newfoundland and Labrador?
0: Well, it's hard because, to me, it's not an either-or proposition. People make it sound like you're either for it or against it, uh, and you can't have any sort of mixed opinion. That seems like that theory is applying everywhere in life these days. It's either all in on one side or the other. What I would say is this, is that Beta Nord, if developed, would be world-class in terms of less emissions than any other oil source. Number two, we are still going to need oil for decades to come yet. Even Stephen Gabo up in Ottawa will acknowledge that. We won't need as much. There is a transition, but we're going to need it. So why wouldn't we have ours rather than new sources in South America or Africa or any other continent? We have every reason to consider doing ours. The third part, I would say, is that right now a lot of the things that we get in Newfoundland and Labrador, like top quality education and health care, that we're actually – like putting huge expenditures in to to try to recover from the challenges we face. A lot of this is funded by what goes on in our offshore. Creates a lot of royalties, creates a lot of jobs. So we need to find a way to to deal with that. And that's why we are moving forward with renewables such as hydro, we're talking about hydrogen, we're talking about wind, we're actually having that conversation. Uh, But I don't think it's the flick of a switch. Now, saying all that, which is a mouthful, do I think that we ignore climate change? Hell no. I mean, we are dealing with something going on there. We're trying to be more responsible, which is why at the same time we're trying to decarbonize in every way we can. Uh, and we're doing lots to promote that. Lots of it. We're putting lots into that. So it's one of those either or. But I support people having a r- r- rally on that. In fact, I think we need to continue to do what we can to raise awareness more than we ever have.
4: And finally, uh, I mean the anniversary of Fiona is hard to imagine now is fast approaching um, uh, how are things in the town and, and surrounding area in your district now in in the wake of that uh, devastating you struggle? know what
0: it's it's still I think just as present as it was a year ago. Uh, I'd like to think that people have recovered I mean the concern the first month the two months of everything last year was you know what are we going to do and And I I like to think that the province, the government, uh, we came in and we've been extremely supportive, not as fast as as some people want, but the vast majority of people that actually lost their homes have been compensated and taken care of. But I think as we lead up to that day and that anniversary, I think there's going to be a continued – I I, I think it's going to be a tough day for a lot of people just thinking about it. There's still a lot of trauma that exists in the community just – People's mindsets have changed about what it means to live on the sea, and, see, and uh, that's not going to go away anytime soon.
4: You, you mentioned trauma. It's certainly when we're, we start talking about these other hurricanes that are churning away and, and potentially heading in the general direction of Newfoundland and Labrador. It's got to bring all of that back.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, even myself, who, you know, I wasn't directly affected in terms of losing my home. Um, I feel it I'm keeping a closer eye than perhaps I ever did on these weather advisories and what's going you know hurricane season so you can only imagine those that lost a home or lost a loved one or have suffered directly uh, it's even worse for them so look there's a lot of anxiety and and still continue trying a ton of resources out there for people to talk to uh, to help with these challenges and we've had people on the ground so people need to recognize that look if you're really feeling it we've got people that will help you and we'll talk to you and, and we're trying to provide all those mental health supports we can
4: minister parsons i do appreciate your time uh, for weighing in on uh, all these topics that everybody is talking about thank you so much
0: uh, thanks linda but before i go i'd be remiss if i didn't send my condolences out to everybody in florida lee uh with the loss that's gone on out there it's uh it's horrible to think of, and I know there's still people wondering, there's still recovery going on, so I just wanted to put that out there, we're all thinking of the community.
2: And we're with you on that, Minister Parsons, of course, for the people in Fleur and the surrounding area, the tragedy there this week. That is uh, the Energy Minister, and in conversation with Linda Swain on Open Line earlier today, and uh, some important topics there I felt needed to be, uh, we needed to hear the Minister on that again today, especially if you didn't catch it this morning and you're driving home, and Just wondering where they stand on all these on this talk now about uh, again Gull Island conversations been going on a long time, but uh, when the Premier of Quebec uh, sort of uh, brings it up like that, starts tweeting about it, it's not going to uh, not get our attention. And of course, the other talk about a pipeline. So um, yeah, thanks to the Energy Minister for that. And uh, they also touched, of course, on on uh, on the weather, uh, which uh, (laughs) you talk about any day. But of course, with Hurricane Lee in the offing. Um, The Canadian Hurricane Center had a little update on uh, where Lee is now and what the potential is for it. And we'll hear from the Canadian Hurricane Center, Bob Robichaud, right after the break. I'm Brian Callahan on News Talk. We'll be right back. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle show on your VOCM. Welcome back to the program. Um, As mentioned just before the break, uh, the Canadian Hurricane Center provided an update Um, as these hurricanes get closer, they uh, open up a window there of public news conferences and they start addressing the the potential impacts of a hurricane just specifically. And uh, so the first one on Hurricane Lee was held just about over the lunch hour um, today. And uh, Bob Robichaud of the the Canadian Hurricane Centre provided this update uh, just earlier today.
1: Welcome to a short briefing on uh, the progress of Hurricane Lee, uh, which is uh, still a hurricane um, down uh, <clears throat> down south. So the latest conditions, uh, this was as of noon Atlantic time, 11 o'clock uh this morning eastern uh again we still had a hurricane on our hands a category one uh with uh, winds of 150 kilometers per hour the center of the storm was located about uh, 1650 kilometers to the south southwest of halifax uh, we've seen the storm accelerate here over the last um, uh, day or so. It is now moving northward. That, that uh, anticipated north uh, turn has occurred and is moving north now at about 22 kilometers per hour. Um, and that would uh, bring it into our response zone on Friday. Uh, again, prob- most likely as a hurricane. So just going through the uh, expected track uh, again we expected to enter our response zone <clears throat> on Friday uh, before taking aim at uh, western Nova Scotia into the Bay of Fundy area uh, potentially as far uh, west as Maine um, so what we tend to what we tend to advise people is not necessarily necessarily to focus on the, the exact track So we're still talking about um, a storm that could um, track into um, eastern Maine, or the center of the storm could actually track just east of the Halifax area. So that's still on the table right now, but uh, confidence is increasing that we'll see something come up into the Gulf of Maine and either make landfall in western Nova Scotia or along the Fundy Coast of New Brunswick. So this is just a closer view of where we expect the storm uh, to go, but what I really wanted to focus here is on the watches and warnings. Uh, the area in, um, in red is essentially our um, <clears throat> essentially, are watches for uh, potential hurricane conditions. So we don't expect those to necessarily happen right now. It's just a watch. Uh, it's just that they could happen. So we may see some higher gusts in those areas. Um, uh, the the darker shaded yellow areas uh, are essentially our tropical storm watches. So we have tropical storm watches and hurricane watches in effect right now. Uh, it'll be important to watch for any changes in those watches, uh, whether they're upgraded to warnings or whether they're expanded depending on the track of the storm. Uh, and I'll just remind uh, uh, folks that <clears throat> tropical storm uh, uh, watches are for the potential for winds in excess of uh, uh, about 63 kilometers per hour, where a hurricane uh, watch is <clears throat> um, is for winds and in excess of 118 kilometers per hour. This is just a map of expected rainfall by Sunday afternoon. So we know that rainfall um, uh, is uh, potentially going to be an issue with this storm, uh, especially with all the rain that we had over the course of the summer. However, based on the current track, it looks like the heaviest rainfall will stay just to the west of Nova Scotia and just to to the southwest of um, southwestern New Brunswick or in the Gulf of Maine area based on the current track. We do have a system going through uh, today and tonight that's going to bring some rain. There's going to be a break in between that and the rain that we're going to see with Lee. Um, So we're talking amounts that could exceed 100 millimeters in the extreme western parts of Nova Scotia and southwestern New Brunswick. Uh, By the time this is all said and done, but for other areas we're looking for, we're looking at uh, amounts that should be certainly less than that. So before I, I just mentioned uh, I mentioned how to get information, the one thing I wanted to add is uh, in terms of um, waves and um, storm surge. <clears throat> Whenever you have a storm of this nature approaching, uh, we will get a, a a rise in water level at the coast. Uh, so elevated water levels. Uh, so we are going expect uh, we are expecting waves to reach the coast uh, later today into tonight, um, and uh, those will continue to grow over the course. Of of the next uh, couple of days uh, into Saturday as well, <clears throat> so we ex- we're expecting the, the the highest waves to occur along the Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia, potentially into the Bay of Fundy area of New Brunswick, um, uh, a small portion of that area at least. Um, so that is something that. In terms of any kind of coastal impacts, we have to wait to see how this uh, storm surge is going to coincide with the with the tide of the day. Uh, so we'll know more information as we go on and you can get the information in our bulletins. That's on our website at uh, canada.ca slash hurricanes or for information on how to get prepared for storms like this, uh, you can go to getprepared.ca
2: There you have it. That's the latest from the Canadian Hurricane Centre and uh, Bob Robichaud, they providing an update. Um, there you have it. I guess so the takeaway, no news is good news for our neck of the woods, since there's not much of any or any mention yet on uh, the impact on this province, other than probably expected storm surge. I mean— um you know, before uh, ahead of anything that might hit us as far as the storm itself goes. But um, so far, anyway, uh, continues to churn north, but uh, mostly a maritime event by the sounds of it. At the, Again, up to this point, supposed to make landfall in Bay of Fundy uh, on Saturday. Greatest impact southwestern Nova Scotia and parts of New Brunswick at this point. So as uh, you heed Bob Robichaux's warning there to keep an eye on all the warnings and all the weather updates, um, it was not too long ago, only last... Year we all know uh, what weather can do. So, uh, especially the south and western parts of Newfoundland. Um, that just about does it for news talk today. Um, still though, Claude, a little going back to that, uh, to the uh, the gentleman whose um, four wheeler was robbed, and then the woman who we had uh, on with Linda this morning, uh, whose uh, car was. Uh, whose uh, car was broken into and her laptop and a lot of very important things on. My Jeep was broken into yesterday morning, came out to find everything strewn all over the place. gross feeling, hey? It's a feeling of violation. Yeah. I
6: had something similar happen to me years ago in broad daylight with a security person on the parking lot. My vehicle was smashed into yeah. as well and uh, things were grabbed out of it and it was a monitored parking lot.
2: I always wonder, you know, whether to leave the doors unlocked and nothing in it. Yeah, you know? I think But that's then they could steal the vehicle. I know. So, uh, you, can't, you can't win.
6: You, you can't win, but it's more so the sense of violation that yeah. gets me.
2: That and the desperation. Like I mean, yeah. this is. You know, people are desperate times, desperate they measures. They'll take anything to get.
6: And uh, out of a smaller note, my mother always warned me never to have one of those little toy thingies that go on top of yeah. your antenna. I, I So said, was that
2: taken or did mine? that blow off?
6: I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think, I mean, it was really, it was inexpensive, but I had a little frog on mine. And yeah. I don't know if it was the wind or it was stolen. Kermie? Was no long- Kermie. has Kermie? gone. Kermie. It's not easy being it's green. It's not
2: easy. We <laughs> won't go there. That was good timing. Um, thanks, Claudette. Uh, yeah, no, I was just more insulted than anything. They mm. left all those all my CDs. <laughs> I was just that what they that didn't take any of my taste. Oh my God, no taste whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's it for News Talk and Foolish Talk. Um, thanks for listening, folks. Um, I think Ricky Duggan might be in the seat tomorrow. I'm not sure. A little bit of musical cheers here as no we way. figure it out, but we'll uh, leave it as a surprise. Drive safely, arrive alive. BOCM cares.